Speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So speaking of loud humming cellos, which we sang about uh, in our opening hymn, um, I went on my high school reunion this week, which was uh, a few years and an interesting adventure. Um, lots of gray hair and lots of weight gained. Um, <laughs> and I was reminded when I was there that when I was in high school, way back when, I played in a small string ensemble, I played cellist. I was second cellist which may sound impressive, except there were only two cellos in the group. <laughs> but anyway, it was in that time that I began to really appreciate the beauty of that particular instrument, and at that time, became very much aware and admiring of the goat of cellists, the greatest of all time, Pablo Casals, who I listened to a lot in those days. And I remember the story told about Pablo Casals, who late into his 80s would practice four or five hours a day. And someone asked him, oh, great one, why the heck do you need to practice five hours a day? Haven't you arrived? And he said, I practice because I progress. And I took that as a model of, of not only his greatness, but I think there's application for us on this Education Sunday. Because on this day, a tradition at St. James, when we talk about how we will grow, how we will move forward in the coming year and beyond, we think about the fact that no matter whether we're young people, toddlers, or whether we're octogenarians, there is always room for us to grow. There is always more. Uh, one of the churches with which I've worked had a tagline, if you come here, you will grow. And the idea is that in our journey of faith, we are never done. And so we gather this day to celebrate what lies ahead and the possibilities that exist for us. One of the ways we do that, one of the things we draw on as a resource is scripture. And that guides not only this liturgy where scripture is woven into uh, in, in many ways, but also small Bible studies and meetings that begin with scripture to keep us centered in that word. And sometimes that scripture is just like the most beautiful, guiding, clarifying light. And sometimes we have gospels like the story Zach just read to us, which is a story, uh, you know, as preachers look at commentaries, right? They go look at commentaries. And you know you're in trouble when it says, this is a puzzling story. <laughs> or this, we're not sure what this means. Or scholars have disagreed about the meaning of this story. So I'm going to do my best to give my spin on this story of this, uh, what's called unjust or dishonest steward and what he might have to teach us. The first thing I want to say is we have Bibles in the pews. I don't know how much you even know that. But if you turn this Bible in the pew, we don't open it too often, but let's do that and go in the New Testament section to page 59, right? And you'll see, here's the key fact. Jesus did not decide chapter and verse in the Bible. That was a medieval invention. So beginning at page 59, you see you have the parable of the lost sheep, you know, that one sheep that went off and was found. Moving over, you have next the parable of the lost coin, 
a coin that was lost and great rejoicing when it was discovered. Then the rather longer parable of the prodigal son and his brother. Again, a story of someone who was lost and met with grace. And then, as if there was no chapter break, uh, you get the parable of the dis dishonest manager, which you've just heard. Um, a story um, which has a little bit of a different twist because there's nobody in that parable that I find particularly admirable or likable. Um, a bunch of crooks, basically. And this manager, this steward, has, has, has been playing around with the books and has stolen money. His boss finds out about it, says, you're fired. And the guy says, well, what am I going to do? I'm too old to work. I can't get a new career. Um, before I clean out my office, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to all the creditors. I'm going to tell them they don't need to pay me my commission. And I'm going to get that money, give it to the manager. And the, and the boss commends him. Again, not anything that you would recommend as business practice, and not anything that's even particularly admirable, but I think, this is what I think, um, Jesus is saying there are some lessons here for you, uh, disciples, in your journey of faith. And if these unscrupulous, scurrilous people know how to figure out how to move forward, maybe there are some lessons that you can take from them. So three lessons. One, um, this unjust steward took a realistic picture, uh, got a realistic picture of where he stood, where he was, what was wrong, where maybe he had gone wrong. And that became the basis for his actions and moving forward. And I think on Education Sunday, that's a possibility for us as we look down the road. Say, where are we actually in our spiritual lives? What are the things, um, are we satisfied with that? Are we complacent with that? One of the churches I work with uh, said, we're spiritually shallow and fine with that. <laughs> and I think that sometimes happens in our life, right? Um, they were kidding. But, um, but what, what, what are the areas in your life that you would like to grow? Would you like to know more about prayer? Would you like to know more about scripture? Would you like to know how to live in that command of love God and love neighbor? Are you feeling like maybe you're not doing that to the full extent? What is the realistic picture that you are getting of your own spiritual life? So that's a starting point. The second thing this unjust steward does is think about where he wants to go, about what his future will be about how he will um, be made whole and how he will be taken care of in the life to come in the next chapter. And I think in Education Sunday, we can think about that in terms of this year. How would we have liked to have grown spiritually by June? Or how would we like to have grown spiritually um, by the end of our lives? What would we like, our, what would we look what would, what would we like our lives to look like? And I think about that phrase in the, in the daily office, in the confession that says, we have not loved God with our whole heart. We have not loved neighbor as self. And for all of us, I don't care who you are, there's always room to grow in that. How can we live into the fullness? How can we get there? And so the third lesson, first lesson, where are we? Second lesson, where would we like to go in our spiritual life? Third lesson, how are we going to get there? What steps will we take to move forward in that journey? And that's where this 
all the formation of this church comes into play. It's obviously not the only place in our lives where we get to do that, but that's part of what the church exists for to help us in that journey. Our adult forums this year are gonna follow a theme of transition, uh, the changes and chances of life, and we'll talk about call and discernment and adaptive change and spiritual gifts, and finally about how we are hospitable. All of those things as part of our journey of faith how we will grow in that, how we will go deeper in our life in scripture. It's there for you. It's there for you to take those steps. The unjust steward found this rather elaborate way of getting that money for his manager. We are called to find our way of moving forward in the spiritual journey, whatever that looks like. And it'll be different for all of us, but it's available to all of us. And all of us have room to do that. And if that sounds at all daunting, I ask you to remember the context for this parable because it follows three parables of grace. Three parables where things or people who are lost are found not because of their merits, but because of God's gracious and loving action. Uh, last Sunday, as we began the year, we, we um, renewed our baptismal vows, which are kind of, I mean, they're wonderful, but they're kind of a tall order. And they actually would be a re an excellent roadmap for how we might want to grow spiritually. But as we made those promises, what did we say after each one? Asked if we will do these things. We say, I will with God's help. So we don't have to go alone in this journey. I love what Anne Lamott says. She says, sort of maybe she was reading the parable of the unjust steward. She said, I do not totally understand the mystery of grace, but I know that it meets us where we are and will not leave us there. And I just think that's a wonderful vision of what God has in store for us, something new, a new life, new possibility, new growth. Um, so take Pablo Casals as your guide. <laughs> Think about how you can keep practicing the faith and how in the journey ahead this year, how you will grow. Amen.